This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. How was your weekend? Good. Spent it writing and removing full stops from every single reference in my thesis. It's... <laughs> so as it turns out, says Martin that you are not allowed to have a full stop at the end of the sentence and then the end of the reference. One of them had to go. (laughs) So that was the worst job I've ever done in my actual life. That sounds like polishing at the point of handing the thing in. Yes, it does, eh? Yeah, so... How exciting. (laughs) Definitely got that feel about it. Oh, my gosh, it is so exciting, Sam. How How was your weekend? Good. We had Lucy for the weekend, so no work got done. (laughs) perfect that's all right i'm catching up today so who are we introducing today uh today it's my great pleasure to introduce my friend winnie geddes i've known winnie for oh a long time winnie is a really important person in our eastern bay of plenty community for a lot of reasons she's a director she's a lifelong learner currently completing her master's She's a wife and mum, but a mum not just to her own children, but to a lot of other children. Um, Winnie has um, served our community um, in so many different ways, not just our local Eastern Bay community, but also um, across the country in various capacities, which she'll um, talk about today. Winnie, thank you very, very much for agreeing to this interview today. It is such a pleasure to have you here. I killed him, Mawira. Call Sam, Sam? Yeah, I Sam. Um, Kate Timata, a how moti mihi mihi meti pipiha? Hi. Um, Koputo aki te manga, korangi taiki te awa, ko nati awa te iwi ko matatu a te waka. Na te fano kipa hahipene, um, nuku. Merito Maira no Mena Marai Kiroto ite ite takiwaitene na no fakatani <clears throat> Motiti Island Maira no ki torere ki te taitokero ki tainui <clears throat> Tōwhu Negera staku ingoa um, ko, to, ko te taha o toku pāpā he whangai atu ki a titeko uh, mai ki whatatutu ko te aihanga a mahaki Ngāti Parau, ko tuku māma i nāinei he, he, he puhi o, o Ngāti Awa. Um, yeah, kia ora. <laughs> kia ora, ora Winnie. <laughs> kia ora, Winnie. Um, yeah. Winnie, how was your bubble life? 
Ooh, ooh, ooh. Is this from the beginning or just before the beginning? Okay, I'll take it from my bubble life was was the most healing part that I've ever had. Uh, not only just with myself after being diagnosed with cancer and six months to live. Uh, three months previous to that, uh, you know, it was March, eh? March 17th. Um, and then dragged myself home or, or, you know, was released and ended up in a room with um, a private conversation with Jacinda and Grant Robertson uh, about the COVID and what was the impact going to be on our, our businesses and our people uh, if we went into lockdown. And there I had the great pleasure of handing them the folder on how to run lockdown four, level four. And three days later, we were in lockdown. But in a photo that I had, um, I think you would have seen it, Mawera, and in my puku's way out here, and I was bandaged up to pieces so I could walk and get there. And after that, we went into lockdown and then, you know, did all of my business and all my kōrero and organising Māori um, wardens with um, packs, you know, Māori packs for the community right up to Murupara and down around Whakatane and through to Tiko and up the back of Kawaro, um, mainly to those more remoter areas. And I, I had um, packs out there before, you know, help had, had arrived through our iwi um, and delivery. And, um, yeah, and the, yeah, so that's that's really what it was, and it was everything from my bed. <laughs> and, um, you know, and it was in touch and kept, kept an eye out with the, the team that was working on on a nation on the national front and then and even in listening to the announcements is a good girl yes that's what I see yep that's what's in there tick 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 um all the way to the you know because I said to them no one is going to lose their job and businesses are going to be supported and then so provided a financial package on how to roll that out through the subsidy schemes that um they had ended up legislating and stuff like that um then and i only and i had to let my uh, caregiver go you know because i didn't want to put her at risk because she's all me because she's coming in and out of my home and caring for me so i had my husband who had to you know um uh, look after me he moved me downstairs into because uh, i couldn't make stairs up and down um and how long were we in? About four weeks. Yeah. So I just, I just, I was home and I couldn't really go outside and just the door space was wide open and watched the river go by because I'm, I'm right waterside property and, um, and then saw, you know, right, it was just, just cleared. Everything was clean. I could even see the fish and the eels swimming, you know, swimming through and coming into the jetty area. Um, you know, but otherwise it was it was very good, and I think I healed a lot quicker uh, because I didn't have to move, nobody visiting me, don't have to work or or anything like that. But what I was also doing is um, keeping in touch with my. I think I had thirty six rangatahi working for me at the time, and doing survey monkeys with them. Um, you know, every week because then I said you have to fill it in, otherwise you're not going to get paid. <laughs> And um and, and it was just how was their well being, um, what are you doing for exercise, how are the kids, you know, and then just to go out on the back lawn if they um get you know, getting getting to you. So, yeah, so that that that's what it was. I still continued working but more 
um, uh, more in that uh, mentoring and um, keeping their heads, and then and then everyone, you know, they just wanted to get back to work, and then having to explain to Rangatahi that um, you know you just cannot go out, and they said, well, we've been a long time without work. And, you know, these are other families who hadn't been to work and, you know, we just get our job and, and now we can't. And so just talking them through, um, a lot of them. And, yeah, so it sounds like I was busier then. <laughs> you know, and it was a relaxing time because that's when I enjoy it and, it's, and it, it's much more stimulating when I know I'm there to help somebody and get them through what they're going through you know, with their families at home. Um, and it's already uh, quite highly strung during their working times. You know, large families, three families at a time living at the same house um, and then getting getting around their lives. Maybe it, yeah. was, maybe it was perfectly designed for you in terms of that healing because it <laughs> it meant it was <laughs> – meant that you couldn't be rushing around doing stuff and I suspect you're somebody that rushes around doing stuff quite a lot um, but you also everybody was having to 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 think about working differently so you having to work differently that wasn't weird that was just a you know, getting on with it but I think if you had been forced to stop it might have actually been worse for you oh I think that would have been a tonguey you know, <laughs> you know that's. I, I think that's when I'd stop. And um, and with, with the illness, I, I made sure nobody found out about it, because in our world they'll start mowing the lawns at the marae and going cutting the beef. You know, ready to receive you. <laughs> um, but I wasn't going to have bar of that, and you know, and sorted my differences out with um, the atua, um, and I said I ain't going anywhere, obviously. And um, and then just kind of worked my butt off from my bed until the six-month cutoff, which is when I was out of here. Yeah, six months to live. And then just all bright, <laughs> bright as a button. You know, funny thing is that I was at, at my at my master, it's master of science degree in health psychology that I'm doing, and I was asked to do a, a corridor to mentor all of our um, undergrads and masters and PhD students. Is um, uh, just for a talk, you know, and how I, how I made it through illness. To and it was really when students get down and they don't, they can't finish things and they get stuck and stuff. And then, um, and then I I actually spoke about that. I I thought I was going to talk about you know all those fancy things about you know neuroscience and neurological differences and stuff and cultural differences and how you apply that. Blah blah blah. Um, but I ended up talking about my life right from the beginning, and it sounded like and said, "Oh man, that sounded a little bit like like a eulogy," <laughs> but with, without realizing, it was an hour and a half, and it was an evening after dinner. And then the, some of them had wine and a beer, but um, I said, "You know, you can sleep, but you will still hear my voice while you've got your eyes closed." And um, and then I thought afterwards and go, oh man, I've made a hash of that one. That would have been the most depressing, saddest corridor I'd given. Um, and it's not until the next day, and I was surprised at the number. There were 72 students, and um, I, I was surprised at the younger ones who came and said that was just amazing. And I'm going, what hearing has? And it was about pulling through. You know what I just mentioned earlier. 
And uh, and they go, did you really do that with the Prime Minister? I said, yeah, I've got a photo here if you want to have a look. And, um, you know, and all the way back to when I was a little girl growing up and, um, you know, our family wasn't dis dysfunctional, but we managed to live in a community that was. And so obviously we would have got affected some in one way or another. But uh, my dad, um, and mum just sort of whipped us away to, away to college, uh, school, you know, quite early. Um, and that was after being offered up as a tomo, uh, a 12 year old to be married off to a 35 year old. And my dad wasn't going to have any of that. That's just the traditional things that still kept, could carry on in our community. Um, yeah. And then just all those trials. And yet during the studies, I still managed to pick myself up. And I think that's what gave them hope, <laughs> you know, that they can finish their degree, especially the undergrads um, after coming out of high school. It's still the same, that transition, high school to, to university. It's just so different, like primary school to secondary school, really. Um, and it, our education system just hasn't got that right yet. Yeah, so that that, that was um, interesting. And, and I seem to be landing... A lot of those, they're not real speaker engagements, they're just, you know, I'm, I'm able to um, reflect back and pass that on to people without feeling bad, you know. Um, oh, I'm not feeling bad, uh, ma. <coughs> Otherwise, I would have I would have kept that and died with it, you know. Yeah. No, you're right, and it did. It just forced me to sit down and, and just... Just sit down and 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 heal, and it and it and it it kind of worked because <laughs> it was keep going. You know, it still continued. You know, even though the four and then you went to level three, still restricted. Well, I mind you, I couldn't walk anyway, and um and every so often I would try and and get up, um and um you know and move around. Only to, I could only get up to have a shower and get cleaned and. Simon had to help me that whole time, and um, and that's and get back into bed. Yeah, but a good thing was there was a lot of sleeping. Don't get much of that. <laughs> yeah. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have a Rob Ruha, Ate Po. Why this one? Um, I I went to a funeral and then I was all more up. You know, and I, I and I dragged myself out of bed while I was sick, and um, you know, just had to go to this one. I had to, and and um, and so I'm walking around in a walking frame, and and then just at my age, at the mud I have to sit up the front, and da da da, and and it was the last night, and everyone was going around, and and um, Simon gets up and speaks, and go, oh no, I'll have to sing a song. And then I kind of had just, just learnt that one. And Itipo is about the night in darkness. And it's kind of like saying goodbye in a nice way. And that's and, and, and I sang that one all by myself. But I noticed that my voice was quite croaky and, um, you know, and then probably all the medication and kind of grumpy. <laughs> no, I didn't have really all medication. <laughs> you know, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but yeah, just coming out of bed and, and, um, and then going out uh, for the first time, you know, in fresh air. Hmm.
Sprite of the Forest of Orokudui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha noe, kia koutou, koutou ho. I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars and your beloved universes. I really hope, wherever you are, whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining illuminating for you more and more each day who you are the triumph of nature's art perfect 
unique. And here, making things better. Thank you. Now, I know for us all, we've been through a very challenging time over the last several months. And, of course, being able to share this time and space with you all has been immeasurably helpful to me. I'm so grateful to Sam and the whole Blowing Bubbles team for having me and for all of you being part of the show. And as we know as a species, we're so inclined towards communication. We're so inclined towards verbal expression and storytelling, finding meaning, finding patterns, finding ways of understanding what is happening in the world around us and bringing it into its own significance for us personally and collectively. I've just recently finished a large project which took the majority of my time and energy since my friend passed away in February to stage a lovely memorial concert for him at the Regent Theatre which is a beautiful, beautiful, very large old theatre in Dunedin which is absolutely stunning and having completed this project now I'm determined to focus on my own universe and return to those practices of course which I've spoken to you many times about that enabled me to feel the best that I've felt in my life, those health-giving and healthful practices. So as of today, I am returning to this journey of health and well-being. And my partner Harvey Penfold has reappeared on the scene, having come back from up north, and he is also joining me on this spectacular journey towards healthfulness so I really hope for you whatever's happening whatever shifts and changes are taking place for you as we journey towards the light here in Aotearoa New Zealand we've had the shortest day and now the light is returning I hope you have the support around you that you really deserve and require for the adventures that you're embarking on I have found having Harvey Penfold back is very helpful in terms of support that he can provide and whilst I really enjoyed many aspects of living on my own the presence of another person is very helpful so I hope that for you you're able to appreciate those around you and feel appreciated yourself and of course making adventures in the external universe can always illuminate new learning and Harvey and I ventured forth to Wanaka this weekend through the snow and the ice amidst all these very large snowy mountains and it was very beautiful and of course along the way many other people were also adventuring and there were caravans and camper vans and all this sort of thing and so of course we at times overtook them but we would have to wait until we could see a clear stretch of road ahead in order to do this overtaking and move faster so we'd know that we weren't going to collide with any other vehicles or obstacles in doing this and of course as many symbolic and metaphorical perceptions do this got me thinking about of course this show and how valuable it is that we can give one another opportunities to see a potential future 
to see the road ahead more clearly and by doing this of course we can help each other to move faster and move with more freedom and safety so I really hope for you whatever roads you're seeing up ahead that they are clear and that you can advance towards your goals with a sense of excitement and clarity and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon thanks so much you're listening to blowing bubbles we're talking with Winnie Geddes Winnie um you've been through so much uh if you think about it not you know you've you've overcome a, a huge health battle um, and that sort of came straight after Edgecombe and the, the, you know, the floods and the impact of those, which, <coughs> and, and also for Cardi and the impact of that on our community. Um, and then we've had COVID and through all of that, you have m- managed to just keep the home fires burning for everybody. What do you credit this to? How did you develop this this incredible resilience that you have? I I think it's it's going back to Fucker Papa and uh, my upbringing. Uh, I, I mean, like like the rest of us Mawera, we all come from chiefs. Well, I really come from one. <laughs> um, yeah, and he was the um, um, Tafio and he was the chief Natiawa, and we and then when we go up through our Fakapapa, and I go directly back to Wairaka, you know, our ancestral uh, wahine who pulled the Matatua Waka, and when it went to drift, when the men had all gone away hunting or something, they left the group, and there was only women and children. And that's how Fakatani got named. Of course, you know, Kia Fakatani Ahoi Aho because it was tapu for a woman to touch the waka, and she had to make her she, she incanta, you know, had an incantation, and her karakia would make me like a man, and then I so that I can go and get the waka. And and Wairaka is our ancestress, <laughs> you know, and and I I think from that kind of thing, it's like DNA thing, and I'm I'm currently studying that inside the intergenerational trauma, but more on the DNA and then how we come through in a more positive, you know, not it's not trauma, we're not traumatized, we just we just have this instinct inside us, inside of us now. In my work inside psychology as a bicultural therapist, I can. My nanny used to take me and my brother to her at the marae, and put place us down the far corner, and um, and we'd play, and she'd throw things on the mat, and um, we'd play, and then I could see in the shadows, you know, against the sun, people coming in, and then this slight murmuring for about uh, maybe twenty minutes, and then the next one, and the next one. And it wasn't until I ended up as a therapist and then I'd sit there and I can hear her. Yeah, I could hear her. So that means that, or I would have to sit really quietly and listen because I'd listen to my toe-eater in front of me first and then I'm going, go on, Annie, what do you got for this one? <laughs> you know, and then caught it all and then just pulling them out from that, um, from where, where it's stored. Um, and that was interesting. 
practice as well. I did a paper in neuroscience, which helped me on how to how to access those memory banks. You know, when you when you actually need them, and um, and could hear the karakia and the waiata that she was singing at the time. I, I was wanting to do that as a PhD. I was oh, it's probably too difficult, and then I've got not much to reference to. Um, so so left it at that, and just keep it between my clients and I. Uh, yeah, that's what I think it is. And my my dad, he he came back from the war, Māori Battalion. You know, five years after he came home, my brother is born five years later. And, and you know, family of 14. And five years after he was born, I was born. So I still had, you know, I, I could still see in the wardrobe dad's um, army, those little army, um, those jackets, those army jackets. And his, um, he didn't have any medals because I just picked those up a couple of months ago in, in Ngāti Barau. He wasn't given them 75 years later. Uh, we went to get them. And um, and then I'd, I'd, and I still have his photo. That's the one that used to sit in the girls' room. You know, was him as a as a soldier before he got his hair cut, um, and and going off overseas, went to Egypt first. And then there's that, and then just that fighting spirit, and probably Catholic. There's there's a Catholic thing going to come up very shortly. <laughs> and then that's when I was tomorrow and sent to convent and. Um, barely speaking English and uh, so I was kind of thrown across to because I only could speak to real and um, and put into the dumb class academic too we called it the dumb class uh, but the, th the thing about the dumb class I learned French German Latin um, Russian a little bit of Russian and English and you know and then arithmetic it wasn't maths, it wasn't real maths. And I wanted to do the sciences at the time, but because I couldn't speak English, they thought that I was dumb, you know, just, but I could only speak to real and no one could speak to real there. Um, I don't think they even knew the language existed the way they carried on at that school. And I wasn't sure what was, and, and the life at boarding school, um, you know, and wasn't sure it was better to marry that that thirty five year old or go to the school and the horrors of um you know just some of it was quite quite awful, um but I left school with uh, you know with um, two school C subjects but my first job was with IBM, and I started training as a operator and programmer in second generation computers and um, every, all my mates, the Māori, you know, Māori girls hostels and stuff like that, they end up being nurses or work for Māori affairs or a teacher. And um, But I didn't, because I only had two subjects, school C, I couldn't do that. But I ended up in this unknown world of computing. Isn't that, how cool is that? That's and, so um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I and I stayed with that for for quite a while, um, and then just ventured out here and there. I stopped working, and I know I had a lot of sole charge positions in the computer rooms around, oh, especially in Wellington and Auckland, and um, and then it was just in, interesting. My son did computer science. Uh, Bachelor of Computer Science in Auckland, and then he was struggling on one of his papers. He said, Mom, I'm just going to fail this, I'm going to fail. I said, What's the matter? Oh, you know, he was having a test. He said, Give me a look. Well, you won't know anything about this. <laughs> I said, Try me. Come on, suck it to me. And, um, and then I, I taught him code and how to get around those formulas and you know and it just takes a single code and then i've i've had a look through a lot of these things and it's still there it's still there 
<laughs> the base all the way down to these phones on on how, and on how technology actually works and becoming technology enabled in anything, um, which is why I was able to survive through COVID. COVID, I mean, and um, and utilize everything I had in front of me as long as the Wi-Fi didn't dump on me, you know, and I was fine, and um, and and still do that today. Yeah, you, yeah. So so I think it's that, and and then my mother, she was pretty strong, you know. She she ended up with her degree, um, in when she was sixty-eight, but she's she landed a job without the qualification and and teaching, yeah. And um and and I guess you know it's just the that, that thing about getting up, getting up and going again, no matter what how you get knocked over. Um and as far as that Edgecombe thing, well I I was already um part of the evacuation at the Edgecombe earthquake in 1987. Um when I was running that same where I am now the same training centre and had to evacuate the school because they're right next door and all of the, my trainees and utilise them to come in and help and evacuate them up to Hahunu Marae further up um up there because the 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 um the dam was going to burst, or that was the threat. And then later on, and then this flood, and it just bomb, just it just swung straight in. Um, and that in the Edgecombe earthquake one, that was because Komatua had already said, "You come with me," you know. And then they, you know, how you can spot people with leadership skills, and you go, "You, you, you come with me." Um, and then just went through that whole protocol. But then at the and then I was under them really at that time. But when Edgecombe came, and it was quite, I I, I led, hey, Maura, I led it, um, normally, <laughs> and um, and then organised it, and then more talking to the um, control room in Fakatani. You know, they decided that they were going to do the clean up of Edgecombe from Fakatani. I says, no, 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 you just come here, um, in inside Fakatani, and and nothing like local knowledge. You know, I was around back roads and all sorts and opening up and closing roads left, right and centre and guiding the, um, you know, all of the um, those people, who, the lollipop people changing roads, SMS and um, and that kind of thing. And, and and doing it off off the marae where I knew we could get food, I knew that we could be warm and shelter people until the big clean up was happening. Yeah, I think it's just through upbringing and just learning how to how to cope. Never actually thought of it, um, Maori. I just do. I just do. You know, anything can come up in front of me, including adverse situations. And I, I know. I just just instinctively know what to do. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, with that other matter I talked about. Today and you know that's just it's just the way way it is. People call it resilience now, and I'm not sure if that's called resilience. A lot of it has got to do with you know. I, I mean, I don't have balls, but growing balls. <laughs> <laughs> we do. They just sit higher. Yeah, yeah, they just a bit higher. You know, chicken dinner, chicken dinner. <laughs> Can we teach that resilience, that that ability mm. that you have in the face of adversity to just say, right, I'm I'm doing this and this is how it's gonna be. Can we teach that? 
Uh, yes. Um, what What's happened now? I just finished going on a tier one something um, rural resilience uh, qualification. You know, and it's a a, a, a study um, with, and it's online delivered from Australia, but it's National Emergency Management Agency, the new NEMA. Um, and they wanted to put me on it, and it, it takes you to controller status. So I'm at the first part, and, and this is even, and, and that was the same thing. I couldn't teach it because I wasn't qualified. So these people at NEMA said, go on this, and then, and then you go to tier two and tier three, and then I'll be in a position to share or train. Isn't that? funny you know because i wasn't qualified and yet i'm i'm the most experienced in this class of about 34 people and <laughs> um and the, and the thing was the, the the guy who's leading the whole thing is says and how how say you when he um you know where does it and it was drawing on on a lot of those experience experiences for the other students um yeah so that yes it can it can be trained um and and but even when I was doing that course, I gee, I learned a lot. <laughs> I, I still learned a lot, you know, about um, um, other things we in, in in the mainstream community. But I worked mostly with our people and Marae, and I could still get back there. There wasn't much in the course, as you can imagine, because they don't have access to that kind of knowledge until I got there. And um, and then so that, that they're trying to engage with iwi. And I said, well, the first thing is you don't engage with them unless you get the proper authority or permission to come exactly. into our community. Um, because it's it's a little bit different. There's a different etiquette and a bit of different um, tikanga before you, you can just, you can't just walk in and save us, <laughs> even though we're half drowning. Um, <laughs> or, 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 you know, just about, um, you know, covered in lava. Um, and then I saw a lot of that in Fakati. Picardy, you know, some protocols weren't as observed, which is why there was such a hash, hash up of the rescue mission and, and what happened there, including um, taking them out there. And, and because I'm in the emergency management state, I, I got I got first-hand information, you know, from Geotech and all the different, uh, Geotech, um, Geonet, and um, you know, all those groups that were monitoring the, the, the drums from the you know all of the, the the activity that was going on in um, in Fakari, but you know at the same time I was still healing. I was I still couldn't go out, but I did everything by phone. Once again, organised the the Māori wardens, and then got them. And, and then if somebody was stopping them from going into the gate to help, and I said, "Give pass the phone to the whoever's whoever's trying to stop you. <laughs> Get on the phone." <laughs> Like now, look here, you. <laughs> All the way down to the girl who who took her guitar down, and you know, and she's on Facebook. I really want to help. I really want to help down there, but I, I've got nothing. And and I knew that she could sing. And I said, you get that, you get your guitar, and you go down there, and you can start getting a group, and then just singing down there. And that's listening party, you know, and and sent her down there, and um, and and, and it was about using social media a lot. And watching what was going on and who's saying what, and um, and then and and in a semi-mentoring role as well, mm. you know, then I would um, reply to people or, or call it or to them, and that was from here. 
you know, you'd think I was down, down, down the wharf there, but I wasn't. I was, <laughs> I was still in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am going to squeeze in the second of your music choices. Let's have Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. I don't know what lovers from A Star Is Born. Why this one? Oh, I think it was really about her and her talent and the whole story around The Star Is Born. Uh, you know, it's similar to the other Star Is Born that because uh, I fancied myself as a film and script writer one day and that I would make movies and be really famous, but that didn't happen. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, but I did do a TV script writing course. So I've got one of those. I do know how to write a play, uh, but they just don't um, have time. And... Uh, yeah, and it was it was just about that, and then just the the way they had clicked and then got together, you know, right at the start, and it's just such a it was a random thing, and then and that was really about hidden talent. We've seen lots of change over the last 
year, societal change. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Uh, in terms of, uh, is that good or bad? Either. Oh, well, yeah. Um, one of them is, is COVID. COVID and the new strands, and it keeps um, morphing into something else, into something else, and getting stronger and stronger. And and you now this is where resilience kicks in, and then how are we going to cope with that? And there are different ways that um, you know that have been coming up, and uh, you know we've got the, all these vaccines now, but are they really effective for the new strains? Um, 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 but a, a big change. What, what's the biggest change is the way we do things in terms of employment, in terms of training. Um, what are we having to add to any of the training that's going to to cope with the new world? Um, it's it's almost like you know I got ethnic cleansing. I think we have Papa Tuanuku talking to us, and um, because she's been treated so bad, and is going to spit back out at us. Um, and then as humans, we have to work out ways of making things better. Um, that's that's about um, you know it's it's a, it's it is about a new world, and I think it is a new world. Um, it's it's at a state now where things have to change, like um, the way we fish. The way we garden, the way we um, even drive around in our cars, you know, as less as possible. Um, now, with our training scheme, we train qualifying pre rangatahi to work on their own whenua, which means they don't have to travel for miles to get to work when it's just, you know, we're within 15 minutes of them getting to work. So there's, you cut down the carbon emission, of course, in the vehicles and the incidence of you know, having falling asleep at the wheel and accidents, uh, the reduction of, of injuries in these high labour areas. Um, um, yeah, and it, it and it is, and the way we eat, unless it's because I'm getting old, I and my I got three teeth missing, and uh, and the change of diet, you know, softer foods, <laughs> not the big hearty steak anymore, <laughs> and um, yeah, so that that, that that's big. Um, I, I think there's a lot of respect that's being lost um, with uh, people and the environment. And how to respect that, uh, and um, and then to go, you know, to go into those spaces where you can be a little bit more innovative on how you do things, and um, and uh, we we used, we're calling it liberating the spaces of where um, things like the bad things used to happen, like how we negotiate now with our gangs to just get that pee out of the place um, without going down there and. and banging them on the head. You know, there are ways and it is it is about and just have that good those good conversations about and it goes all the way back to what happened to you <laughs> and um and amazing the stories that come out and the changes um that happens there. Um pee and drugs and stuff like that, you know, I don't think anyone because we're right in the thick of it, it's it's been a little bit blown out of proportion about what it is because the social determinants come with it. You fix that and you'll fix the drugs. Um, and, um, you know, they, they don't take them because they love them. They take them because that's all they've got, you know, to get off, get out of this space and get out of here. Yeah. I have some questions to end the show with and not very much time at all, mm -hmm. so we shall have to rattle through these. Okay. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh, getting New Zealander of the Year, of course. 
<laughs> and that was through this, you know, and and um and and the trip I won to um, Rarotonga for doing that work, you know, that they're not thankless jobs. I get just great satisfaction out of out of doing that mahi. Mm. We're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are most definitely in that team. What is your superpower? Oh, um, I'm I'm that. Um, you know that chick with the big bum and a red suit, and it's the talks. Yeah, um, um, she's in the Incredibles, Mum. <laughs> I have. I've got. I've got. She's my face on that page. <laughs> uh, do you consider yourself to be an activist? Yes, very much so. Why's that? Um, I, I, I think um, I, I was brought up, not quite brought up. I was um, uh, at, at softball practice in in the park at um, Orake, and ended up peeling potatoes at the Bastion Point protest as a young girl. Um, and then we would have to go and cook their dinner, and then go home, and then come back. And you know, and then so I, I, I had a bit of a life around the Bastion Point, and then after that, it accelerated to marching on Waitangi all the time. And I didn't quite get flower bombed at the Springbok tour. I, you know, I had a way, no way, I was going to get arrested in that one. And um, you know, and then consistently, um, you know, if it's not because I want to go to the protests, it's just I seem to have landed landed there because all my friends did that, so I'm going to do that too. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 worked and and you know was around a lot of activist groups at the time. It seems like you are certainly having the impact that you would the activists would dream of having. You, you talked about the prime minister and um, Grant Robertson mm. coming and asking for advice. Mm. Do you sometimes like pinch yourself to think this is actually real? I'm, I'm this is making a real difference. Yeah, because the subject of my corridor to those um, undergrads and students at um, Massey University was connection, influence and reconnection or connect, influence and then reconnect. Um, and that's what it is. And then I, I always have a subject like that just to keep me on track. Otherwise, I'll end up waffling or going rabbit holding here, there, holding here, there, here and everywhere. Um, absolutely. And then I, especially the, the the two ministerial appointments I have now in governance, you know, because I said I am not going to march on Waitangi to to make a reform on the vocational training and education and changing the Education Act since 1989 and reinserting Te or Waitangi. It was gone and nobody knew. Nobody knew until I got there. Um, yeah, so that's, you know, and it's just, and, and, and that was the reason that, um, you know, I didn't want to march again. In, in protests, I will, you know, this, this Otakiri water thing nearly got one of those from me, um, you know, march up there and put the put the tent up and the flag and that's it and you're not having one truck coming into here. <laughs> yeah, so that's still inside the heart, you know, and, um, and looking at it. Mm. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, um, uh, just the work I do. There's things to be done. And I can't just stay around in bed all the time, you know, otherwise they won't get done. Although, it turns, be anything. Mm. although it turns out that you're Sorry. pretty effective working from your bed. Yeah, 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 I can still do that, you know, if I if I had the time, but then I have to be in a plane in the next hour and stuff like that, so I, I, I have to get up. <laughs> <laughs> but if I can work from my bed, that'll be, the, that'll be awesome.
So what's the biggest challenge or opportunity you're looking forward to in the next year or so? Uh, I think that since the recent appoint, appointment of the reforms is to, is to you know, I call it when Harry met Sally, because what the government's wanting to do is, is come in as education academics and kind of at the same time want to hear the industry voice and try and control that space in our training space and said, no, 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 we know how to do this. You, you can't tell us how to do it. You know, and then watching that, uh, that subservience stuff coming back in, I said, nah, you government don't know what our people want, you know, mm-hmm. and then just let us have that opportunity. Um, and and it, like I demonstrated, it was hard getting the Tiriti back into the Education Act. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Oh, um, just just to to you know to honor honor people in what they do. Um, it might be quite out of it, and it might be dumb as well, you know, and and silly. But then just to honor that and respect them that they had actually done something or said something when nobody else would. It's always in their mind, but nobody, you know, there's that false thing, you know. Yeah, if you grow them and use them, <laughs> but um, you know what. <laughs> You know what I mean, eh? And and I I do, I listen to people who are going to stand up and do something or say something, um, you know, and... But from that, you can filter out whether it's just noise or if they really mean it. And having that ability to discern, you know, what's good and what's bad and what's right and what's wrong in this world. Thank you very much for that. Moira? Winnie, we need more people like you in our world. That is for absolute sure. And I, I consider the value that you bring to our community and how lucky we are um, and how lucky I am to have you as a role model in my life. Uh, and I know that there's a whole bunch of us who, who look at you in that way. Um, thank you for everything that you do and for everything that you're yet to do because by crikey, there's a lot of work to get done. Kia ora, Winnie. Hi, kia ora. Yora, thank you very much for joining us. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. You make me live as a man insane. You broke my wind, but what a thrill. Goodness, Miss Garek is just quitting balls of fire. I let the love of a ball in the sun. You keep me long and you move me, honey. I change my mind, but it's fine. Goodness, Miss is quitting balls of fire. their safe spaces around the world brought to you by the sustainable lens team which is brought to you by otago polytechnic 
We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. Uh, this is Jerry Lou Lewis, Great Balls of Fire. I'm Tim Mann and so is Bajanidin and I have been joined by Mawira Karatai and Winnie Geddes in Fakatani. Uh, that was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.